Alrighty. So, <clears throat> welcome to episode one of Sports Talk with John and John. And of course, as always, I am Jonathan. And I'm John. And we just decided to take this time to go live um, on Facebook as well as um, record this episode for um, our podcast sites, uh, whether that's Google, Apple, whatever that may be. Um, but we decided it was time. Um, you want to pull it up on your phone, make sure everything's working correctly mm-hmm. for this week? Definitely. Um, but we're excited. We got a lot of, a lot of information to jam pack into here. Um, this is a first go. Everything's good to go. Everything's good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So also just feel free to comment on there. Um, anytime, just let us know what's up, but I guess we'll go ahead and get started, right? Yeah, let's hit it. So we're going to start out with... A couple things here. Um, let me see. So for me, I am a big soccer fan, so I have been following the World Cup pretty closely. Um, and I just wanted to give a brief synopsis of what's going on. So um, these started back on Sunday. We had our first game, which was Ecuador and Qatar. Um, we had 2 nothing Ecuador. Um, I know my personal favorites, are, I, I think England's going to win it, but that's just me. England took down Iran 6-2. Netherlands took down Senegal 2 nothing. Uh, Wales and U.S., they, they had a tie at one apiece. So that, that was kind of crazy to see. The big talking point is Saudi Arabia taking down Argentina, which is still crazy. Messi, of course, gets his goal, but that's about it. Um, Denmark and Tunisia, uh, 0-0. Mexico, Poland, 0-0. France took down Australia, 4-1. And as we are recording, um, it looks like Belgium and Canada are on the docket right now, uh, 0-0. And then we have Morocco and Croatia, who also went 0-0. Japan beat Germany 2-1. And Spain beat Costa Rica 7-0. So that, that's pretty crazy for the uh, soccer world um, that we're in. But um, after soccer, I mean, I think we should talk a little bit about football and everything going on with football. What do you say? Yeah, hop into some NCAA stuff, right? Yes, yes. We're going to talk in a little bit about the NCAA football. Um, let's see here. So, first of all, we got a little news with Lane Kiffin. If we want to hit on that for a minute. Yeah, it looks like uh, a reporter said that some inside source said that Kiffin was going to be leaving Ole Miss for Auburn. Uh, for the head coaching vacancy at Auburn, um, if it's still open. Um, yeah, I I don't know really what happened with this situation other than I, I follow a lot of college pages like um, the House of Blue, which is the University of Kentucky, for instance. Everybody was sharing this across 
every everything. I mean, it was just crazy for the fact of everybody thought this was a legit thing that was already happening. And finds out not really happening at all. And he's more than likely signing an extension, which is crazy. Yeah, and it looks like he fired back at this reporter on Twitter <laughs> yes. and made his own uh, his own little story about how this reporter was going to be leaving uh, the the channel he was working for, <laughs> the whatever whatever company he was working for to go to a different one. So yes. he had a little fun with it, it looked like. Yes, but the big thing we want to hit on is we have the college football playoffs coming up. And this is everybody's favorite time of year for college football. And really, we, we sat down at lunch and discussed this, and it, it's pretty straightforward so far. There's not much to decide here. Um, but our top four, who we got, who do we have down here? So obviously we had Georgia at one. <clears throat> yes. Which that's what, that's what the committee has. Um, Ohio State at two. Yep. The committee has that two. Um, and then we had Michigan at three. Michigan at three, yep. And then I think we still had TCU at four, which is what the committee has. Just, yes. You know, TCU's undefeated. I can see them losing. Um, mm-hmm. I think they have to play Kansas State again. Yes, that sounds right. Maybe. Um, so I could see them losing to Kansas State. Um, but the big thing for us that we noticed was two loss LSU being ahead of USC, which LSU does play a tougher schedule. Uh, but they lost to Tennessee big time, LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, the only loss that USC has is to, uh, I think it was Utah. And what was it, by three? I think they lost three, by three to Utah, and Utah's good. And then LSU also has another loss against Florida State. Um, and I really don't think Florida State's better than Utah. Um, so yeah. we personally think that USC should probably be five over LSU. Um, and then probably put LSU at six. LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee are all going to be together because they all beat each other. Mm-hmm. Um Clemson has one loss, but they, they got annihilated yeah. uh, by Notre Dame. Um, and it's a different Clemson story. just hasn't looked great this year. Either. I mean, <laughs> the ACC has been kind of weak this year. Um, it's definitely an off year, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with the college football playoff. Now, obviously, Ohio State, Michigan, we probably are going to see both of them in the playoff regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I, I think just about just about any scenario is gonna have them um, both in the playoffs, regardless of what happens. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, definitely, more than likely gonna happen. Um, the big big thing we talked about is how, how the conferences really need to just narrow it down because this. Especially with the Big Ten, I know, the East and the West, it makes absolutely no sense why Ohio State and Michigan are not fighting for a Big Ten title in the same game. Rather, it's like either one wins, they're going to go play a Purdue or an Iowa or an Illinois. And (laughs) sadly, I may be biased, but the only game that would be good is if Illinois was in there against this Michigan if they got another crack at Michigan, yeah. like, because I still think that game was there were rigged, a lot of controversial but, calls down the stretch that really 
seem to swing things in Michigan's direction. Yes. So, um, but we we can say Illinois has like a top the top defense in the nation. Like it, it was proven against Michigan pretty pretty well. Mm-hmm. Especially for a team that averages 42 points a game. Um, that's saying something. But well, the, the SEC's talked about going to the one division too, possibly. I, I, I don't see any reason why you have divisions in college football, um, it, like within your conference. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we're getting personally. to the we're getting to the age of they just want a Big Ten SEC era, of yeah. it's just going to be two conferences, and th- that's it. Like, which it's not a bad thing. It's just going to be rough transition well i mean up until tennessee lost to south carolina we were talking about how it looked like regardless of what happened it was going to be georgia ohio state michigan tennessee yeah i mean it looked like those were the clear-cut four but then tennessee just got absolutely destroyed by south carolina and hooker's done for the season so yeah yeah that's that's gonna hurt them bad i i think that puts them they're, they're not a top crazy enough i don't think they're a top 20 team without him exactly i mean their defense is a liability if they don't have yeah. hooker um they're not gonna score yeah they're not gonna be able to outscore other teams which is the way that they were winning a lot of their games was outscoring other teams yeah so but that's about all we have for football um for college football anyway but there'd be a lot more to talk about <coughs> if they would expand the playoffs if, a little bit if it'd be a little more interesting like of course, in our next episode, we'll probably get more into bowl games and stuff like that once yeah. things are starting to get announced, but we don't know any of that stuff. So, yeah. But I um, guess next we can jump into some MLB free agency. We, we did have some stuff happen. Um, one thing in particular we do want to hit is Aaron Judge is seen in San Francisco. Now, what this means, we don't really know. All we see is a video of him with a big grin on his face <laughs> saying, I'm here to see family and friends. And, like, yeah, he is a Cali boy. But at the same time, why? what's going on here? Why the big grin on your face? Uh, and you're walking away pretty quickly. And well, it was, it was released today that uh, San Francisco's pulling all the punches to try to get him there. They got him in contact with Steph Curry. Um, in the area, in the, obviously he's in the area playing for the Warriors. So they're trying to pull all the punches to try to get Judge uh, to San Francisco. So we'll we'll have to see what happens. I don't know if he's gonna be a Yankee next year or not. Yeah, I mean I can't blame him either. I mean no, I I, I wouldn't blame him either. They have terrible fans. For so. our, for the sports betters out there, they're looking at odds, and San Francisco is like a 33 percent, and Yankees are at like twenty four. So yeah. San Francisco is a favorite right now. And, of course, I mean, who doesn't want to go play for our hometown team or their home state team of, you know, I want to go play in front of my family. I mean, we're... I've also I've also seen the Dodgers as a possibility um, since they uh, got rid of Turner. Um, well, actually, both Turners are free agents. Yeah. Which... Bellinger's a free agent. Um, so, I mean, they, they've got Bellinger's a little bit not of money coming back. We know Bellinger's not coming back. No, he's not. Trey Turner could come back. We just don't know. If they get judged, they won't be getting Trey Turner no, back. No, there's, there's no um, way. Justin Turner will come back. Probably. He'll, He'll come back on a little contract. Yeah. There's no sense. But we also had a trade, um, a big trade for the NL Central. We're both NL Central guys. 
So the Brewers are once again selling their team. Um, <laughs> let's just be honest here. Yeah, they are. They they are selling their team, and they have gotten rid of Hunter Renfro, and they have sent Renfro with his twin brother Mike Trout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> so they look a lot alike, don't they? They do look very alike. So. Um, Basically, the offense of the Brewers, one of the biggest keys of their offense, has now been sent to the Los Angeles Angels. And I didn't look too much on the return, but it was not much. It looked like some pitchers, maybe, and then a prospect. Yeah. Um, it looks like the Angels are trying to kind of bolster up their roster a little bit to maybe try to make a, a little bit of a run with Otani and Trout before mm-hmm. um, it gets too late for them. So do not be surprised if we see one of these big free agents go to the Angels. Um, and they signed Tyler Anderson, too. Yes. Lefty. Yeah. Good lefty pitcher. So. I, I could foresee them going. I, I don't know. They, they seem to really like Edmundo Sosa out there, but I think they might want to bolster up that infield a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. that I mean, they've already bolstered up their outfield because, I mean, they're going to have Renfro out there, Trout out there, and, I mean, Otani – also plays the outfield if needed, but I mean it's going to be a crazy year for them. And uh, something else we saw heating up just a little bit of a rumor mill. We see Christian Vasquez has started following some accounts of the Chicago Cubs, um, just affiliates or people who follow Cubs baseball, and there's a good chance we could see Christian Vasquez in Chicago. Yeah, it doesn't look like Contreras is coming back to Chicago. Um, so Vasquez, I think, would be a good signing for the Cubs. He's a great leader. Um, he's, he's good at the plate, and then he's also a great defensive catcher. So, I mean, he checks all the boxes that you would want in a catcher. So I think it would be a good signing for the Cubs if we were able to get him, since it looks like we're not getting Contreras back. So, But it does look like the Cardinals could be getting Contreras. Uh, I've been seeing a five-year deal running around. Um but somebody told me the other day, I was like, you know, Contreras is a little bit of a hothead for St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody reminded me that was exactly how Yachty started out. So Yachty was a little bit of a loose cannon at times when he was a lot younger. Uh, he just played with a certain fire to him. Um, but he matured as he went on, which could be the same for Contreras. Who knows? Um, and then we've also seen Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy's been a possibility for the Cardinals, and then I've also seen the Cubs as a possibility yep. too for trying to get Sean Murphy. Well, so. the, the Blue Jays have got to move one of their catchers because, I mean, the Alejandro Kirk is also a great option. And then Jansen. Uh, right? Danny, Jansen Danny Jansen, I think Jansen, it is. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they have three catchers that are all MLB ready um, that need to be starting somewhere, so. And the Blue Jays could definitely use some stuff for their lineup. I mean, they've got Bichette, they've got Vladdy, but... They, they traded Teoscar away. Teoscar is gone, So which that, of course, stirred up some Cardinals saying, oh, crap, they're trading Newt Bar to get <laughs> one of these guys, when we know that is probably not the case. No. Um, if anybody, it probably would have been Carlson. But we don't know that, so... But other than that, in MLB, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, there's not there's not been a whole lot happening yet. It's been a pretty slow off season, but I about expected that because I think 
they're just gonna everything's gonna blow up out of proportion and it's just gonna be an insane free agency for a couple days i think december yeah december or maybe january we'll probably see it heat up a little bit so yeah um but getting into you know more of our next sport we we got the nfl season uh we're we're in a couple of fantasy football leagues stuff like that so it's been insanity we've been following football pretty close (laughs) but I guess we'll go ahead and hit just like what's happened. I mean, of course, we see Melvin Gordon and Daryl Henderson have been waived. Um, This doesn't come to a shock. I did see something about Russell Wilson uh, wanting Melvin Gordon waived for blaring music after their loss. Yeah, it was... It was uh, Russell Wilson's wife's ex. Okay. Future. It was. I think he was playing, blaring some future music to kind of take a jab at Russell Wilson. I guess there's been a lot of memes and pictures out of uh, Melvin Gordon just kind of staring at Russell Wilson like he hates him. So. Yeah, and I also saw um, another one, uh, just really kicking Melvin Gordon while he's down. Um, so in college, Melvin Gordon was a great running back. He actually broke the most rushing yards in a game for, at like 470 yeah. or 407 rushing yards in Big a Ten, game. Big Ten title game, I think, was yes. when that happened. But yeah. the crazy thing is, not only a couple weeks later does it get broken, but it gets broken by Samaji Pirine, <laughs> who rushed for like 429 yards. And we also see that this week, Melvin Gordon as a fumble and gets cut by his team whereas Samaji P. Ryan goes off and scores 30 something fantasy points and I'm like man talk about kicking a guy while he's down <laughs> Samaji P. Ryan just keep getting that Melvin Gordon yeah it it looked like Gordon was bad for the chemistry of yeah. that team just all year the way the way he was kind of handling a lot of stuff um the Broncos are a mess I don't think Hackett's a great head coach. <laughs> Their offensive line's terrible. Russell Wilson doesn't have many weapons to throw to. Yeah. So, and Russell Wilson's playing hurt. We know. We know he's playing hurt. It's he's pretty got a obvious. shoulder issue. So. I mean, Chase Edmonds is hurt now, so it's Latavius Murray and that's it. Like, bring up the practice squad. Here we go. But... Uh, we also, uh, talking today, we decided to take our projections of who's going to win each division, as well as the wild cards. Um, so, for the AFC East, we felt like this was a pretty obvious pick. Um, I wouldn't say obvious. Well, we're pretty sold on them. We are sold on them, yes. Uh, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Um the only games they lose really is when Tua's hurt. Yeah. And I mean, Tua's just looked phenomenal. That offense is unreal. That defense got a whole lot better when they got Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Um, as far as keeping up with the Chiefs in the playoffs, this is an offense that could do it. Yeah. This is about the only offense I would trust to with the way the Bills have been playing lately. So. Well, and then we move on to the AFC North. This was another pretty obvious one to us. It's Cincinnati. We they may be you know down a game right now to Baltimore, but just know that's not going to last very no, long. This won't. this team is way too good, 
everybody's saying Burrow's washed without Chase and all this crap. Yeah, his QBR is literally like 105 without Chase. Yes. And I don't understand the rhetoric behind that. I, I don't understand it either. Like, literally, Burrow this week literally made... Um, crap, what's his first name? Uh, that, that's how crazy this is. A wide receiver off their practice squad got a roster spot because Burrow could hit him. It was that simple as a wide receiver. I mean, this guy's this guy's also a kick returner now too. So, but like Burrow's making receivers that are on practice squads look like they're worth something in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy to me. On top of Mixon, he's got a concussion, but we know he'll be back. Like Chase is supposed to be coming back soon. Chase will be back. He was at practice, I believe, this week. So Baltimore has not looked good lately. No. They beat the I mean they beat the Panthers, but their offense is atrocious. Yeah, the Bengals also put up like thirty something points in the first half against Panthers, so yeah. I think that tells you something. But moving to the AFC South, we got the Tennessee Titans. This one's pretty clear cut. Nobody else in that division is even close to them. So, Vision's awful. Yeah. Derrick Henry's a one-man show. What more? Mike Brable's an incredible coach. Yes. Because if you look at that roster, that roster should not be a playoff team. Outside mm-hmm. of Derrick Henry, everyone else is honestly average well, or below average. I'll give Traylon Burks. I think he could be something. He's just been hurt. Yeah. He's been hurt a lot of the year. And Malik Willis has just got to mature. Yeah. Um, he's he's fumbled the ball a couple times already this year, and it's just not good. AFC West, no brainer. Chiefs. Kansas City. and Patrick Mahomes will win MVP. Yeah, he's going to win the MVP. It's going to be close. Inevitable. I mean, I, I saw something today, and, like, Kelsey has put up more points than, like, the tight end 2 to 30 have put up together or something like that. In fantasy, it's... (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know. It's it's the difference. The difference between tight end one, Kelsey, and Andrews is the same difference from the tight end two to the tight end 33, I think it is. Yeah. That's stupid insane. (laughs) So, um, on top of Kadarius Toney is loving being in Kansas City. And then Isaiah Pacheco's been... Pacheco, he's yeah. He's kind of emerging a little bit. And I saw earlier that Edwards Hilaire was going on the IR as well. So, going to see a lot more of Isaiah Pacheco and then a little bit of uh, McKinnon as well. Yes, I think... Coming out of the backfield. So. I think Edwards Hilaire is going to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to stick with Pacheco. Um, but moving on to the NFC. The yeah. NFC East. This is a tough one. <laughs> we, we talked about it for a little while. We may have some differing opinions we, from we some might. of you on this one as well. We might. Um, I'm I'm still torn a little bit, but we uh, we decided Dallas. Um, you might think we're crazy because Philly's only got one loss right now, um, but we looked at their strength of schedule and it's a little bit it's a little bit harder than what Dallas has left. Um, but one. Well, Philly and Dallas played in Philly earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Dallas had Cooper Rush starting. Dallas nearly beat, beat Philly. Yeah. I mean, and they've got Dak Prescott back now. They're going to be playing in Dallas against Philly this next time. 
I think Dallas easily wins that game. Philly's not looked good the past three weeks. I, I don't think they're as good as their record says. No, but they did make some key acquisitions. The Dombacong Sioux. And they got another good. one, um, which was a veteran guy out of Minnesota. Um, so they got a couple veterans coming in to sort of beef up some lines and uh, might might make a difference. Well, who knows? But I just think Dallas's defense is way too good. <coughs> and then really the emergence of kind of Dallas being able to learn how to use Tony Pollard more. Yes, Tony Pollard unreal. is so explosive and it's an incredible playmaker. And since he's seen more touches, that Dallas offense has been incredible. Yeah. It's been off the charts. So, especially this week against Minnesota, like, that was unreal. Him and Zeke both were. Which, Him and Zeke were both going off. So that, that brings us to the NFC North. And we still are sticking with Minnesota, even though that was atrocious of a game. Um, some might call it a fluke um, <laughs> because that was insane. Um, I, I don't want to be that guy, but Trayvon Diggs, did only give up three catches to Justin Jefferson. That just tells me it's a fluke. It's a fluke because Trayvon Diggs is not as good as people think he is. I mean, you can't give up the most touchdowns and be the best, best in the league. Well, I think what happened was the Cowboys' pass rush really bothered Minnesota. So yes. it was hard for them to get going on offense Kirk and get the ball not, to Jefferson. Yeah, yeah I mean. Micah Parsons is insane. That Really, that whole front seven is unreal. And that's the key to Trayvon getting so many picks. Is, yeah, yeah. It's like Micah Parsons is putting so much pressure on. The QBs are just throwing jump balls. And you you could put about any safety out there except for um, Eli Apple, and they might get him. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the NFC South, uh, this is another close one, we thought. Uh, but Tampa Bay, we, we have pulling it out. It's close right now. <clears throat> Brady's a closer. It's close right now. I think Tampa Bay is going to run away with it in the second half. They're coming off the bye week. They're playing a lot better now. I think the key to their success the second half is Rashad White. I think that that is ultimately going to define their success. And if Godwin can get going, because Godwin has been kind of irrelevant. So. Well, their ability—they just got to punch it in. Yeah. I mean, they're not—they've not capitalized on red zone opportunities as much. As much. I mean, the last game against Seattle, they looked a lot better. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think they're rounding the corner, and we're gonna see them really go off in the second half. Yeah, I agree. And so. moving on to the NFC West, we got the 49ers. This is a loaded offense. Um, and their defense is incredible, too. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there, there's not much more you can do with this team other than upgrade Jimmy Garoppolo. But, but what are you going to do? I mean, we got we, – we, we see that they went out and got Christian McCaffrey, of course. Yeah. But he, uh, Elijah Mitchell – is getting just as many carries as Christian McCaffrey, which is kind of crazy to think about. They use McCaffrey in a lot of pass plays. Yes. And I've been noticing that they, well, they ultimately have three running backs because Debo also is running the ball still. (laughs) Um, If I was coaching this team, 
Trick Plays would be my middle name because they literally have every offensive weapon you could ever want. Because here's the thing, like Kittle, great tight end, great tight end. I mean, just he'll be there every time. Just put it on him, he'll get it. Uh, Debo, great wide receiver, can catches or uh, yards after carry is insane. Christian McCaffrey can play every position on the field. Uh, he could throw the ball if he needs to. He's a great pass catcher. Elijah Mitchell is a great, just athletic running, has an athletic running game. But then you got Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> and he is the key to this offense because everybody's so worried about what these other guys are doing. Brandon Ayuk's wide open. Yeah, they go to him in a lot of red zone situations. Because he's always open. Yeah. Because everybody's so worried about all these so star-studded players that Ayuk can have a field day. Yeah. I mean, but moving on to our AFC wild card, we got three. Um, We got Buffalo, Baltimore, and New England. Um, which that we're not surprised about that. Um, Buffalo could easily win their division, if we're being real. Could probably win their division. They could. I just don't know that. I just don't they're think they're going, going to, to the way they've been playing lately. On and, top of and just snow how good, games, just how good Miami's been lately. So. Yeah, I mean they could, but it's going to take a lot of work. Um, snow games are going to be a thing. Um, moving on to Baltimore. Probably not going to win their division. Um, they might be the third wild card in, if we're being real. Um, New England should make it. Ramondre Stevenson is an animal. And their defense is also an animal. Yeah, their defense scores more than their offense. Exactly. But, um, <clears throat> moving to NFC wild card, we got Philadelphia, Seattle, and Washington. <clears throat> now, out of those picks... We know Philly's getting in. We're pretty certain on Seattle. Washington's the only one that is on the fence. The reason we went Washington is Heineke is a whole nother level. Yeah, the, the offense is just ten times better since Taylor Heineke's played. They have a lot more chemistry with Heineke. Um, and then their defense is playing a lot better now as well. Mm-hmm. Brian we Robinson. Don't, we don't trust the Giants. Yeah. Let's be honest, we really don't trust the Giants. It's a fluke. There's, I they, mean, they could make the playoffs. We could be wrong, but we don't trust them. He's throwing the practice squad guys at this point. They yeah. don't have anybody. All the receivers are hurt. Yeah. So you're really you're limited to, I just have to slow down Saquon Barkley. Yeah, kind of like Tennessee. you got to slow down Derrick Henry. And, and you still can. <laughs> but the problem is the Giants have a little bit better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. So, yeah. yeah. But you got anything else on football? No, I mean, I'm just going to note that we know the Jets aren't doing anything. That's why we went with New England over them. Not going to happen. The Chargers are going to choke like they do every year not because they're not well coached. So, I mean, and I mean that that's kind of where we were at with picking Baltimore and New England um, over those two. And then NFC-wise, we kind of hit on the Giants. Yeah, I'm not Not trusting the Giants. Yeah. So. But. Well, with that, um, we'll move into the NBA. Um, really, the only thing we want to hit on NBA is Kyrie Irving has now asked for a trade. Or is not asked for a trade. 
I think the Nets are looking the to The Nets trade want him. to trade him. Yeah. Um, and we have a little hypothetical we want to throw out There's there. There's a lot of hypotheticals yes. to this. Uh, we were talking the other day about a three-team trade um, that we think would be hilarious, but also awesome for all the teams involved. Um, so GMs, if you're listening, you can give us credit and you can write out checks to us anytime. Um, <laughs> but so we know the needs of all these teams. And with Brooklyn, we find that they want somebody to replace Kyrie. They want somebody who could probably get to the hoop, can distribute the ball, you know, kind of control the floor. So who better? Somebody that's high energy. Somebody that's very high energy. (laughs) They love the high energy guys. Somebody who has a great history with Kevin Durant and could not get it done. Couldn't get it done at their time. Because Durant left. Because Durant left him just when he got good. And that's Russell Westbrook. We think Russell Westbrook needs to be sent to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, now hear this out. So, with that, we feel like Kyrie Irving needs to be also, you know, reunited to feel so good with LeBron James once again in L.A. as a Laker. So, with that, we also know that the Lakers would not just want Kyrie. They they still need some shooters, and they probably need a big, right? This is where the Indiana Pacers come in. Um, and with this, we find that the Pacers are going to send Miles Turner and Buddy Heald to the Lakers, right? So this is kind of going to get a little crazier here. We're, we're reaching, but... Yeah, we're really reaching. So, <laughs> but that means the Lakers are going to have to give up pretty pretty good price to, you know, get get this going. So They'd have to give up Lonnie Walker. We know that. Well, they'd probably have to give up Lonnie Walker. Maybe Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. They just don't have the draft capital to they, be able to trade they don't. picks because so, they use all their picks on Anthony Davis. We're, we're thinking they we go the route of um, Thomas Bryant. Because the Pacers will need a big. And we're looking at Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves or all three, if need be. And then Brooklyn will throw in draft picks. But this is where it just gets crazy. Because Brooklyn can't just give up, you know, Kyrie Irving to get Russell Westbrook, ultimately. So they're going to have to give up some draft picks. And that's that's where where that comes in. So, but that's just our hypothetical we had that we sort of wrote down and thought about because that ultimately fits every team's need. On top of getting to see Westbrook and Durant together would be absolute insanity. Be bonkers. <laughs> and then Kyrie with LeBron again because we we had the super team era. It's like why not like re bring back some of those teams. Bring back the dynamic duos. Yes. Bring the back some of those duos. duos. The big threes. Like I don't like the big threes. The big threes. I like the something. duos better. The duos, like we never really got to see Durant and Westbrook at their finest. And I think Durant could ultimately revive Westbrook's career too. I mean 
I think Westbrook's played well this and, year. He's played well this year off yeah. the bench. And I think he just doesn't fit in that system. He's no. he's still Russell Westbrook. He just does not fit in that system at all. But I think he would be a great Brooklyn net. Yes, I do too. Um, but well, anything else on the NBA? I mean, it's still so so early for us to really decide on anything. We will talk about this though. Um, we've been watching the Chicago Bulls quite a bit, and we are both convinced Zach Levine needs to be traded because this Bulls team is ten times better when he is not on the floor. Yeah. Um, what they can get out of him, I don't know, but shooters. They maybe if, another big. If they could get some, if they could get like a true power big, I think they'd be set. Like, yeah. um, they they don't really need him. Like, he, he causes a lot more problems than good. This this team is at, at its best whenever DeMar DeRozan can be DeMar DeRozan and he can dish off to people if need be. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's got to worry about making sure Levine's getting his touches mm-hmm. and getting his, that's when this team struggles. Yeah, and it's bad. It's a bad struggle. Literally, I was watching their game against Boston the other night, and they... They ended up winning. Yeah, they ended up winning because they took Levine out towards the end. Um but most of the game, like, there was a point where they were up, like, 20 points, and that was because Levine was not on the floor. They bring Levine back in, and he lets him back in within, like, six. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? And then DeMar comes in and scores, like, 13 points in a couple minutes. And I, I If you're Chicago, I just don't want to waste the last part of DeMar DeRozan's prime. No. The Bulls fans there are ready. For a title run again, um, they thought this roster was maybe going to be a roster that could get them pretty far in the playoffs. I didn't think it was, no, because I I just don't think Levine and DeRozan complement each other. On top of Vucevic, cannot be your five. No, he, he he's not a five. He's a four. And and Drummond can't go in there and play a full full time. He's just he's struggling. But I mean, he could come off the bench and do do you do you good. He's been yeah, he has been well off the bench. So if they could get a solid big, that would that would probably help out Chicago quite a bit. Yeah. But okay, I guess we can about wrap this up with our final subject then, which is our favorite college basketball. It has been insanity early. Um. I guess we'll go ahead and talk about, so we're going to get into, we're doing a power ranking system of our top 10 teams in college basketball, um, just because we don't really like the ranking system that they have currently um, for ranking the college basketball, so we're like, let's make our own power ranking of the top 10 teams that we think, and go from there, so we watch quite a few Quite a few games too. We don't just follow our teams, but so I guess we'll get into the rankings here. Um, our number ten team, um, of course, there's going to be haters about this, and I'm biased, but at the same time, this team is proven. You can ask a lot of other fans too that this team's different, uh, but that's Illinois, the University of Illinois. Um, we couldn't keep them off this list because they've done nothing to prove us otherwise. Um, because they're, this is probably the best Illinois team we've seen in the last three to five years. Um, because, well, I want to say out of the last two years' teams, this is the best team yeah. out of them. 
Um, they're, they're, they're just complete, and they're so young. It's insane. Well, when the preseason poll came out and they weren't even in the top 15, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not biased toward Illinois because I'm a Kentucky fan. Mm-hmm. And I can even say this, this team is a top 10 team. Um, their loss to Virginia, I would call it controversial. <laughs> Virginia shot 23 more free throws than Illinois. <coughs> that, yeah. That doesn't seem right. I yeah, mean, there's there's <laughs> some's, a little bit, some's a little fishy there. Let's just put it that way. Uh, that's literally my text was the game was great to watch. I said the only thing that I was like on the fence about was the free throw differential. But but with having Illinois at 10, uh, we can acknowledge that there is a team better in the Big Ten right now, and that is Indiana. Uh, we've got Indiana at nine. They're just they're dominant. They're big. They're just extremely versatile. Um, we're excited to see Big Ten play happen because then we can see some things because there's a lot of ranked teams we, in the Big Ten. We did say that we think once we're able to see Illinois and Indiana play that I think we're going to be um, seeing Illinois beat up on them a little bit. Yeah. Indiana's very big man-oriented. Um, Illinois is deep everywhere. They've got good guard play. Crazy They've thing. got good bigs. They yeah. can they can throw any lineup out there that they need. Our so. best shooter hasn't played all season, and that's Luke Goody. So I mean, he he hasn't played at all this year, yeah. and we haven't had a problem. So um, when he comes back, that's even deeper. It, it's crazy. Um, but moving on at the eight, we have Duke. Um, only losses Kansas. Only losses Kansas, but. At the same time, they haven't really convinced us of anything. Yeah. Um, we feel like they're up in the top ten just because it is Duke. Um, once they prove us something, we'll move them up. But as of right now, this is really where we want them. Like, I will honestly be surprised if they're a top ten team at the end of the year. Yes. Because uh, I don't really think they're going to be a top ten Give team us a then. couple weeks, and they probably will not be on our and top And they're also going to be playing in a weak conference. Yes, very. Only two other teams that are actually really good in North Carolina and Virginia. So. Yeah. But um, moving right along, uh, number seven, we got Gonzaga. Um, we think this is probably one of the worst teams they've had in a while. Like It's not as good as they've been in the past. No. Um, and that's why we have met seven. Um, still a good team. Still a good team. I think still well coached. Still think they're three and one or something like that. Um, got smacked by Texas. Got at smacked Texas. by Texas. And then they beat up on Kentucky. Yes, which on a neutral side. We're, so. we're not surprised about that. Kentucky's no. in shambles. They they need some changes in a coaching. Yes. They need a coaching change. But next we get into our first probably controversial one because. We don't think it is because this team's proven it to us, personally. Uh, and that's Creighton. Um, we got to watch, well, I know I did watch their game against Arkansas last night, and it was extremely impressive. And Arkansas is not a slouch. No. They are a really good team. Arkansas um, was right on the border of 10 and 11. We, we were right there with them. Like, they're, they're a great team, and... We'll give them that credit. We're just waiting for them to get their best player back. Like, once they get their star back, it's probably going to change. And Arkansas is actually the best team in the SEC currently. Yes. So. Yes, big time. 
Um, but we got Creighton up there. They've got some seniority. They are the most fundamentally sound basketball team I've watched in a very long time. Also, whenever you see Creighton in the top rankings, you know their team's good because they're not a team who gets all this publicity like Duke and all these teams. Like You don't expect them to be up there all the time. So we're trying to put respect on their name and like say, hey, this is a team to watch out for. They're legit contenders, um, especially after watching last night's game. They moved the ball, ball fakes, all that stuff, no problem. But moving right along, number five, we got the Texas Longhorns. I um, think it's pretty self-explanatory. This team beat up on Gonzaga. Like, yeah. made them look silly. Yeah. Never thought I'd say that about a Texas team. but It's completely opposite of what their game was last year because they played last yes. year, and Gonzaga kind of was in control of that game the whole the whole time. But this year, Texas was in control of that game, and they, they, they really put it on them. I mean, Texas looks a lot better than I expected, definitely. Yes. And, I mean, this may be an early season fluke. It may be. Yeah. But as of right now, what we're seeing, they're – they're a great ball club, and we're, we're excited to see them move on. But uh, next, moving into our four spot, um, this is a one that we feel like has proven that they are a top five team, no doubt. Borderline top three team, it just depends. Uh, some things could change. But that is University of Virginia. And the reason we have them so high is their strength of schedule has been probably one of the hardest to start out. Them in Illinois, anybody that was in the Continental Tire uh, tournament was a tough schedule. Yeah. Because every team was ranked in that tournament. And I mean ranked in top 20. So they went and proved themselves against Baylor, which Baylor was... Right there on our list too. Like I mean, they were they were right there, um, but they took care of Baylor. They beat Illinois. I don't want to say take care of because that game was weird, but um, <laughs> but they beat Illinois. Like that's straight up. Um, and like they also beat well since they beat both of those teams, they beat a, two teams that also beat UCLA. So, uh, that's telling me something. And this team also has some big-time seniors. They have a guard that I feel like this is his seventh year. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, just because he, he's not going to make it in the NBA. He's too short, too small. But he's a great, great college player. He's a lot like Frank Mason, if we recall him. But, like, they're, they're just good that way. And, I mean, they're, they're physical. They've got great defense. Um, well coached. Once Very again, well coached. They're always well coached. So we, we just felt like they had to be there. Like, but our top three was pretty self-explanatory. It, it was unanimous for us. Number three, we got Kansas. What else can you say? Number two, Houston. Oh, yeah. This team is scary. Scary good. Um, there's not really anything we could say. I mean, this team can play fast. They can play slow. They, they defend well. Speeds. They can shoot the lights out. I mean, it, it. this team is very complete. Yeah. This is a very complete team, and they're scary. 
And come March, I would not want to play them. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But and then our undisputed number one's North Carolina. Like they have everyone back from last year. Everybody's back. And really, they should have won the national championship game last year. Nothing's I mean, changed. Yeah, I mean they don't have Manic back, I guess. But yeah, but they've got everyone else back. So. But still, I mean that's about the only team that actually had some great comebacks, um, rather rather than turnover. So. But that, that about settles it from yeah. top ten. I mean, I, if there's any disputes or anything like that, you think there's a team we should look at, please feel free to message us because we'll we'll watch them and see see what you see what we think on them. Like I mean, always open to watch college basketball. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and let us know in the comments um, if any of these takes on any of our any of the sports we're talking about. If you disagree, um, if you agree with it. Um, or give your take as well. Yeah. We want to know what you guys think as well, because maybe you guys see something that we don't. So. Yeah, I mean we we watch as much uh, games as we can, but I mean once again we we are human beings and have real lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there there's of course some things that we miss, and maybe you guys are picking up on those things. Maybe your team's not getting respected. Maybe we need to take a look at them. If you're Kentucky fans, you can be quiet because we've already taken a look at your season. It's not looking good. No, it is not. <laughs> but um, I think that about wraps it up for for this episode. Um, guess we can close it out, right? Yeah. But like we like to say, um, hopefully your actual team is doing much better than your fantasy team. Uh, or is it the other way around? I don't, I don't know, but my fantasy team's doing awful. <laughs> Please pray for me. Either way, we're, we're hoping that your actual team probably is doing better than your fantasy team or your fantasy team is doing better than your actual team. Either way. We hope that you're happy. Yes. Hopefully both of your teams are doing great and you don't have any problems. But we know that's not the case in our league. So. If you're a loser, I hope you're happy, though. Yes. Because yes. I'm a loser and I'm happy. Yes, big time. But yes. that'll about wrap it up, and I guess we'll see you guys next time. Adios. Adios.